welcome back to Turf Talk for our Thursday Cheltenham Festival preview special. My name's Lewis Tomlinson. As per usual, I'm joined by Big James Watson. And our special guest for today's episode is Luca Viscoliose. It's great to have you with us, Luca. Thanks for having me, guys. Jim, Thursday last year was when, obviously, our long-term, our big festival fancy came in on a podcast last year when you backed uh, Paisley Park at, what were it, 50 million to one? <laughs> no, 2025. <laughs> and he's been living yeah. off his Watson millions ever since, backing every Zard horse in sight. Uh, and there's a Tizard horse in the first race that we'll talk upon, although I don't think he'll be doing the winning. It is the Marsh Novices Chase. And they bet a general best price, 9-2, to two, Alaho, for Willie Mullins, a favourite, now ahead of 5-1, to one, Itchy Feet, 7's Mr Fisher. Eights for Fahin and Sam Crow, eleven's easy game, twelve Sakia Dudery, and fourteen's Black Op and Colin Tizard's reserve tank Mel in his twenties, so Slate House at Bapom and Saints on it, twenty-five to one bar. Boys, I think this is the most competitive novice chase of the festival. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Uh, agree with you. There. Um, there's there's a lot of quality in this race, and and there's a lot of horses that could go either way. Uh, they could. Could go for over two mile or they could go over three mile the uh, RSA. So, yeah, really exciting. Luca, how would you analyse this race just from a from a long term point of view? It's it's I don't I don't think there's a clear standout in this in this race at the minute. Um, I think the market market suggests that as you said there isn't a, a clear and obvious standout horseness. I think as you said before, in terms of all the novice races this week, it looks the most competitive and most wide open. If I was to pick one, looking at the market, I've been quite keen on Itchy Feet. I was at Sandown when he won the Silly Isles, and I was quite impressed with him that day. I mean, jumping the third railway fence, he was a couple of lengths behind the leading quartet, and he made up some very good, significant grounds from the pond fence to the second last. And Gavin Sheehan turning in was pulling a double handful. Found plenty up going up the hill as well. Cheltenham should be no problem at all. He finished third in the Supreme last season behind Classical Dream and Thomas Darby as well. So I think Ollie Murphy has pinpointed this race in particular since the Silly Isles victory. And I think he could be one that definitely can win this race, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Itchy Feet certainly comes in this with a serious, serious chance. But I'm I'm more looking to take him on in this. Um, he was very impressive in the Silly Isles. But I, I have question marks with that form. He's a, that was a grade one last time out. And I think that it, it was it wasn't a pinpoint grade one with horses in behind that didn't exactly perform to how we were expecting. Um, Lorena was in that and, and Lorena's soon just fallen off the end of the earth and Grand Sancy good boy Bobby who had good form early on in the season where was was very disappointing too. So my other question mark is Itchy Feet's only had two chase starts. That slightly worries me going into Cheltenham. Um, I quite like horses that have had good campaigns for novice chases early on. And I might, I'm, I'm looking to oppose Ditchy Feet in this. I mean, in terms, in terms of the British contenders, though, Jim, is, is, is this not as good form as his Midnight Shadow? You know, has been consistent this season. He picked up the pieces in the Dipper when, uh, when Champ lost his concentration up the home straight and, and came down. Uh, do you think you might be slightly underestimating him just, just because Lorena, you know, his main market rival? flopped are you are you notching the form down down just because of that uh, if Lorena no, wasn't in that race do you do you think you'd have actually seen it as well that was actually quite a good performance quite possibly yeah um 
I, I have been quick, quite quick to slag it to feet. Um, he he hadn't he did nothing wrong last time out at Sandown, and he, his juvenile his novice hurdle form was rock solid. Um, I, I think I don't, I don't I do think he is the best of the English, but I feel like there could be more progression to come from a horse like Mr. Fisher. Um, he's a course and distance winner at Cheltenham. He beat good boy Bobby, who, who's collateral form links with Itchy Feet, which obviously looks better. Um, for Itchy Feet? Uh, yeah, looks better for Itchy Feet. Um, he has won over two miles as well last time out at Doncaster and was given a very good ride, jumped very, very well. Uh, and I, I've always been of the inclination... Since he beat Bright Forecast at Haydock, that two mile four might be his optimum. Because uh, we were both there that day, Lewis, and it was very, very, very heavy. And he had his big galloping sort. And I, and I think the step up to two mile four will suit him a lot more. Um, three chase starts, two wins. I, I think his form's a bit stronger than Itchy Feet's, even though uh, Goodbye Bobby has flopped against Itchy Feet previously. Luke, what are your thoughts on Mr. Fisher for Nicky Henderson? I think he's got a cracking chance here. I thought his one at Doncaster was, was pretty good. I mean, looking at the race, he's definitely it wouldn't surprise me if he were to take this contest. I mean, I'm still quite firm on itchy feet. I think you have to be a good horse to win around Sandown. And I think a second chase start to win at a course that takes plenty of jumping and plenty of, of travelling. I thought that was a good performance. But Mr. Fisher himself, he's done nothing wrong. And I think he goes into this race with, with a very good chance at a slightly bigger price. Yeah, I, I I quite like it, Mr. Fisher. I, I'm not sure whether he'd be the one I'd I'd end up landing on, but but he, he would probably be if I were to narrow it down to two or three at the minute. I think he'd definitely be there. I, I just think he's very very solid, and I think quite often like like people people think with these being Grade One novice races that they're always going to end up producing horses who are going to end up competing for top honours next season. That's not always particularly true. Sometimes sometimes you can have horses who were a fraction below the very best as hurdlers come out and win these grade one novice chases. You've seen, like, you know, in this race recent years, Black Hercules, Shattered Love, horses horses along those lines weren't quite at the top level over uh, over the smaller, obviously, course. Sometimes they don't take as much winning as people tend to think they do. And therefore, you have horses like Itchy Feet and Mr. Fisher who are going into it underrated. Uh the favourite boys, Jim. I know you said you don't like horses coming into it off the back of two runs, and if I'm honest, I'm surprised Alaho is favourite for this. Yeah, so am I. Um, there's been a lot of talk. Was it Willie Mullins's media day the other week that uh, three miles RSA was going to be his, his ideal, and he's still favourite. He's been backed week upon week upon week for this race, um, and his win at Fairy House was was what we all expected in that beginners chase. Um, won comfortably by 21 lengths, beating Milan native. Um, it looked like he needed the run on his first start in December uh, behind Easy Game. Just got a bit tired on the running. Uh, however, last season, his novice hurdle form, he looked like three miles was going to be just right for him. Um, he was second to Manila Indo at Punchestown and, and third to Manila Indo in the Albert Bartlett last season. Uh, festival forms very, very strong. Um, you have to respect Aloha in this, but I, I've got the inclination that they're going to go to the RSA because although Willie Mullins likes to flip-flop around in his races, I, I think I, th- I think the perfect race would be at, uh, the RSA for Aloha. Luca, do you agree with that, mate? Do you think 
Do you think the Mullins camp? I mean, if you were if you were Willie Mullins, where would you be sending Alaho? To be honest, Alaho's not been one I've looked at in too much depth really recently, so it's it's quite hard to say. But judging on some of his festival form and, and um, taking other runs into account as well, I'd probably look to sidestep this race and go to the RSA, which I think looks at. Uh, uh, a more realistic target in my opinion I think if he goes to the RSA I think he'd have probably more of a chance of putting up a strong graphic in a race that would probably suit him a bit better than, uh, than, the, than the Marsh Chase here I'm going to disagree with you boys here I, I, I think I'd run him in the Marsh if I were if I were Mullins I think even though he does get free I, I don't think he's all stamina and I, I think he's got enough pace up here to compete with the likes of Itchy Feet and Mr Fisher, who, who let's be fair, even though they were, you know, they were campaigned over two miles last season, Itchy Feet placing the supreme aren't out and out speed horses. And I don't think Alaho wants a proper proper slog. You know, Milan Native's a tidy enough animal. He'll probably go in the Norris handicap on one, uh, on Tuesday, and he's absolutely spanked him, not not having to come off the bridle by 20, 21 lengths. I'm surprised he's a price he is. Uh, like you said, it's inexperience and it's also, you know, he's, he's only won a beginner's chase, but I'd prefer him in here. I also think that Minella Rindo and Champ are better than anything else in this race. Yeah, you could say that because we've seen last season, I know this doesn't always work out, but the hurdle form of Alaho finishing in behind Minella Rindo twice. Uh, he did beat Minella, him well. Yeah, he did. Um Manella Indoor's got the beating of him now. He's two one. He's he's progressing better than Alaho in my opinion. I mean, could I? I think the horse with the best novice novice chasing form this season in this race on paper is Fahin. And what a what a celebration that would be if he were to roll back the years and get his first win at the festival since the 2015 champion. Uh, you can't knock a single thing he's done this year, boys. No, you can't. Um, his, his performance at Leopardstown in the Flow Garden, obviously, his chase was absolutely superb. Was that um, French, Jim? Flow Did I say Flow? It's a gas company, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sure there's, they're not a French gas company. Um, the Flow Gas, novice his chase, uh, beating Easy Game. That was a really, really good performance. It was like the meeting of Jesus Christ. He, everyone flocked to that parade ring to see him. He knows he's such a boy. Um, He's, oh, he's such a lovable uh, character and I, I, I don't really fancy him for this race because I think his Cheltenham was last time out. However, if he does get his head in front, the place will erupt. First race on that Thursday, it will erupt. Luca, what are your thoughts on the machine? Uh, you'd have to tell you, I think ever since he's gone tra- chasing, he seems to be a completely different horse. I mean, when Willie Mullins said he was going to go over fences, people were, were laughing at him when he said this horse shouldn't be, should be retired and what, what have you. But ever since he's gone over fences, it just seems like he's been revitalised, a new lease of life. As I, I, I don't think he's got, I just don't think he's going to be good enough to win this. I think at 12 years old, he might be prone to younger legs in this contest. But however, he's, if he's on a going day, uh, as you've seen before at Leopardstown he could take some stopping but I just don't think really looking at some of the other contenders here I just think he'll be um, vulnerable to younger legs unfortunately in this one See I, I, I think we're looking too much at Fahin's age rather than rather than how he's actually been running recently like you, you could make you could make a case for his form last season still merits him I, I think he, he was the best hurdler out of this lot in terms of form last year finishing third oh third in the stairs and he was giving Apples Jade a race when Apples Jade was at her best when when he came down at Leopardstown over Christmas. 
he doesn't have too many miles on the clock for his age. I think he might be the one I'd go for. It's and it's not a sentimental, sentimental bet. I, I think I, for what he's achieved in the past year and a half, eight to one, I think actually underestimates it. And yeah, I, it, I do think I agree with you. I do think the price he's generous on it. Um, I, I think eight to one is on the fact that he is twelve year old. I, I, I probably put him at about five to one joint favorite, nine to two around there. Uh, if I was probably marketing this up. Oh, yeah. uh, I backed Sam Crow before the start of the season. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. Am I hopeless, boys? Luke, I've slagged Sam Crow off enough this season. What What do you think of his chances? Uh, I think he's a forgotten horse coming into this race, a horse who only a couple of years ago, in the words of Matt Chapman, was a second coming, but unfortunately hasn't built on that reputation that he had when he won at Cheltenham a couple of seasons ago. I mean, if he's anywhere near the force that he has been a couple of seasons ago, I think he'd take a hell of a lot of, of, of beating here. But I, I just can't see it happening with Sam Crow. I mean, you don't know which Sam Crow's going to turn up on the day as well. It could be the one that won at Cheltenham a couple of seasons ago, which could blow everybody away. Or it could be a Sam Crow who turns up and and unfortunately disappoints. But prior to earlier on in the season, he was running Fakir Duderi, a very good race when coming down at the second last. I think it was, um, I can't remember which race it was now, but that was definitely a, a good piece of, of, of form in my opinion. But... I don't know. I just think uh, I, I can't see him winning this. Unfortunately, I just can't. No, he's been he's he's, he's been looking like a horse with problems for the past two years, and it? It, it worries me. I thought he would kite. I thought they'd sorted it out when he won first time up at Down Royal. I think it was. But yeah, I'm, I'm not holding too much faith in that. And bigger prices, boys. I like easy game. I'd make a case for Fakir Dudri if he turned up here as well. And there's also Black Op who might go for the RSA and Reserve Tank. Do any of do either of you have any opinions on those? Luke, you first. Um, I'm, I think at a big price, if you were to run Black Op, I'm a big fan of. I think he's the type of horse who, who could get into a place at a bigger price. He has jumping. His jumping seems no problem at all. He's a galloper. He stays all day, in my opinion. I think if this race falls apart, he could still be in there pitching, come around the final turn, and I think he could get a place. I think at a big price. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Black Op fan, and I prefer to see him here rather than the RSA as well. I think he. I think his best trip is probably is somewhat in like that sort of that sort of I'm gonna say black quarter mold where it, where it's somewhat like two six would probably be right up his street that yeah. like, like the Oxy Chase at Sandown back end of the season would be perfect for him if they were wanting to pitch him into open company. I mean he is nine he's 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 not he's not exactly a youngster anymore. I've been really impressed with him this season. His jumping's been sorted out and he'd be the one at a bigger price I'd make a case for. I agree with you there, Luca. I'll Jim. make a case. I'll make a case for Master Tommy Tucker once again. I will, he's not uh, running. He's not is running. He, Stop is, making is it, cases is, for us. Is, is, <laughs> is it official that he's not running? Is it official? We have this discussion every week. Is it? Is it official? Because he was due to one last weekend, but it was called off. So that that made me give a slight bit of interest that he may be running in this. Please, please, Paul. If Paul Nichols is listening to this podcast, please run Master Tommy Tucker. He'll <laughs> it, it, jump fine. He will. He'll jump fine. Um, he's, he's, <laughs> he won't. He, he's a horse I absolutely adore, and I, I just want the best for him. And I really hope that he turns up here. Um, please, everyone, send this podcast to Paul Nichols and tell him to run Master Tommy Tucker. <laughs> if, if, if anyone's only tuning into Turf Talk because it's Cheltenham and you're not a regular listener, on our last episode, I put it to Jim that that Master Tommy Tucker's fallen on 75% of his chase start. 
And what did you say that said that, Jim? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, I quite like that fact that he's a bit of a rogue. Even even though I am, I do slag off a lot of horses who are rogues. Um, I, I like the fact that because he only does one thing wrong, don't he? And then he goes down. He just don't get it's his quite a big gear thing around. that he does wrong, though, Jim. I'm I'm sure he's, he's still lightly raced, and he's nine, and he'll, he'll learn from it. Send him hunter chase him. Send him hunter chase him. Another <laughs> uh, ridiculous. In and Jim's already ruined the podcast. Uh, boys, <laughs> final selections for the marsh. Jim, we'll start with you, mate. Uh, I'm gonna go, Mr. Fisher. I think eight to one's very, very good value. Um, I, I was really impressed with his last two performances. Uh, he's decent heats as well, and that and that run at Doncaster, he had speed. He had he, he could jump really well, and I think two mile four will be his perfect trip for him. And I think. He's a solid each way back. Luca? I'm going to sit with Richie Feet. I thought his win at Sandown was good last time, although the form probably isn't the strongest in the world. I was really impressed with how he stayed on up the, up the Sandown Hill. He jumped relatively well as well. He made up significant ground coming into the home turn to make up the, with the leading quartet. And I think he's going to have a good chance here. And I think, yeah, I think he have a good chance here. And I'm going to go for the old boy. Faheen wins again. And Cheltenham, the roof is blown off. It's going to be some do as we move on. To the Potemps, big big handicap hurdle. This, to be fair, it might be a little bit easier to solve than it has been in the past few seasons. Not as many qualifiers being run due to the weather, so there's not as many entries. Still, obviously, though, a huge puzzle, and they bet best price seven to one co-favourites of three: the Storyteller, Phoenix Weight, and Relegate. Eight to one Sire de Burley, ten Silver Sheen, Welsh Shape, six, uh, twelve Scandiberg, sixteen for Two Way Permi, Tracy's and his Carve, one for the team, and Third Wind. And 20 to 1 bar them, including former festival winner Kilbrick and Storm. Uh, Jim, I'll let you start with this, mate. This is a bit of a puzzle. I quite like this race. It's the handicap I'm probably most interested in at the festival. Yeah, um, you can understand the storyteller, Phoenix Wayne Relegate, heading the market there. They're really, really solid. Um, I really, really liked Relegate's run last time out. I'm just afraid that everyone's getting a bit of ahead of themselves, thinking, oh, Relegate's being targeted for this race. Exactly, mate. She was she was the one horse, when I looked, when the handicap entries were published, she was the one horse I looked for first. But she, she's a wise guy's horse, not a wise guy's price. Exactly, and that's what's putting me off uh, at, at the current moment. Only two of the last 12 favourites have won this race, and they, they have been in the last two years, but... I, I, I'm feeling that the English could be a bit more competitive in this because they've not won it since 2015 and and they'll certainly want that back for the Presbury Cup. Um, I, I really, really like this. Do you, what, what are your thoughts on the Presbury Cup? Bollocks. Luca? I don't agree with it either. I think it's uh, something to make a rivalry out of nothing, really, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I find it interesting. I quite like the what rivalry. Happens, what, happens when, what happens if Barry Garrett rides on for John Joe O'Neill in the colours of JP McManus which winner <laughs> I do get that that is a, that is a bit it's, it's, we're, we're all the same here aren't we it's, it's, it's a load of bollocks pal uh, <laughs> alright well I'll, I'll go back to making my case um, I, I like the chances of Scandyberg in this we mentioned it with Paul Callan yesterday this was one of his main fancies for the festival um, I really really like the chances of him in this uh, I, I do think, like he said, he, he's been plotted for this race. Um, Ollie Murphy's horse is running really well at this moment, running off a 25% strike rate. 
Um, his, his win at Cheltenham on New Year's Day, he beat Rapper um, in a handicap hurdle, and he'd already qualified for this race in November when beating Diomede de Motts uh, at Aintree over three mile and a half on soft ground. I, I, th- I think he's a really likeable horse. He's going the right way. He's only had uh, eight hurdles starts, start, and he's won four of them and finished second in two of them. Um, his form is fair, fairly solid. Um, he's, he's off a mark of 1398. He's, he's gone up four pounds for that last win. And I don't think that will stop him from being competitive in here. Um, the other one that I like at a price is a horse I tipped up a couple of weeks ago as my nap was one for the team of Nick Williams. Um, he's been absolutely rocketed in the handicap for that victory uh, last time out at Newbury when beating Dolphin Square by 14 lengths. Bolted um, up, well. Absolutely bolted up. And, and certainly he, he's been lightly com- campaigned. He, another one that's only had six runs, and that was uh, his first win over hurdles last time out. He, he finished third behind Silver Sheen, uh, Silver Sheen in the Potemps qualifier at Warwick previous to that, and he was second to Champers on Ice. I think he's got really rock-solid form, and Nick Williams likes a festival winner, and, and I think one for the team won't be too far away from him. Only Nick Williams likes a festival winner. No one else cares. <laughs> no one else does, no. no who no, wants a festival winner? No one winner? else is trying. Uh, Luca, how, how would you analyse this race? It's, it's, a, it's a competitive affair this year. A lot, there seems to be quite a lot of them coming into, the, coming into it off the back of actually winning qualifiers instead of doing what you're supposed to do for the attempts and finish sixth. Uh, yes, well, obviously the storyteller at the top of the market is um, otherwise when he finished sixth and he's qualified to to qualify. That's typical Gordon Elliott, Davy Russell, just try and get sixth to try and qualify. Uh, one that surprised me, I do like is Kilbrick and Storm. He's type of horse, in my opinion. It wouldn't shock me if he popped up and won this. I mean, he was he tried, went chasing for the first half of last season, didn't do too much there. He was brought back over hurdles for the second part of the season and was highly tried. I think running the stairs at Cheltenham went to Aintree as well without doing too much. Uh, he finished in behind Scandiburg at Cheltenham on New Year's Day. Uh, wasn't a bad one in my opinion. Then he finished third in the qualifier at Haydock last time out. With you know what I mean, Harry in fifth. I mean he's probably the force of old in my opinion and not the horse he once was. But as I said before, and that he's a horse who, who, in my opinion, wouldn't surprise me if he popped up and won this race uh, at a big price. Yeah, that that would be a cracking story if Kilbrick and Storm could could roll back the years. He's, he's, oh, he's, oh, it really wouldn't. I'm currently off the cliff with him. I'm absolutely off the cliff with him. I'm, I mean, he's, I, he's not he's not won over hurdles since he won the potato race. I'm I'm absolutely absolutely just just sick of him. I'm I, I just can't even discuss. If he win, I'm not going back in. I've, I've, he's in every notebook and everything that I've wrote about the potemps, but. If he wins, I'll be furious. The amount of times I've backed him, he's, he's so frustrating. Since since that Albert Bartlett, he's he's just not been the same. Um, he's third behind next destination was good. We can say that. But yeah, I've been very disappointed with Kilbrick and Storm. I, I don't. I think he's had a wind operation uh, since that. And Andy Capper has been generous. Ten stone, ten in this. He, he, he could be competitive, but. I couldn't be risking another chance with him. And Luca mentioned the chances of you know what I mean, Harry. Um, he said he wasn't the force of old. I was really, really impressed with his run last time out. Um, he finished behind Kilbrick and Storm. Uh, he's former Cheltenham winner. Um, he's been third in the stayers. I really, really like you know what I mean, Harry. And I think that that 
I, I, I could see him outrunning his price at 33 to 1 in this. Grade one runner up, only two starts ago. You know what I mean, Harry? It's exactly. He could still be on a dangerous mark. I mean, if 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 running to that sort of level, he still finished ahead of Penhill uh, and Bacardi's last time out. Uh, sorry, two starts ago, which isn't too bad. They might be dafter, 33 to one shots. He does obviously have festival form as well. I quite like one at the top of the market, Jim. Don't take the piss, but I think Phoenix Way uh, looked like a horse with so much more in hand on both of his last two starts. Got given a really, really tidy ride by Adrian Coleman on his last start back end of last season uh, to get up from Third Wind, who's also qualified in this. That form's good, Comanche Red. You know, we know he's now a what a 140s plus chaser. The bestie man was fourth that day. He would have won the uh, the Lanzarote. He stood up at the last. And Eclair, uh, no, sorry, that's not Eclair de Guy, That's Esplade I was going to say he's in the novice handicap. Different horse. Ignore me there. But last time out, <laughs> so cosy from Barry Garrett on him to beat Kansas City Chief, who would have gone in again at Donny had he not ran out at the last last time out. He's, look, he's up seven for that, but he has not shown the handicapper absolutely anything in his last two starts. And he's, he looks to have got better and better both times he stepped up in trip. His novice hurdle form back at Sandown when he was a two-miler, uh, when he was running over two miles, was very smart as well. I can't explain beat him. Uh, back in December 2018 on only his second start. He's only had four runs over hurdles. But that day he finished ahead of Hold the Note, Baddersley Knight, Grenatine. You know, they're all smart animals. Again, 140s plus types. Grenatine is going to be a big fancy for the Grand Annual for a lot of people. And I think he's the horse here who's arriving on, on the biggest upward curve and has probably the most up his sleeve in terms of the handicap though I probably might end up back in relegate as well, just because I'll be fuming if she wins and I don't have anything on her. Well, that, that's a shock for all, all listeners, isn't it? Lewis has tipped two seven to one favourites. Cracking. It's still <laughs> seven to one. <laughs> don't try and back that point up with seven to one. It's still seven to one. I, I, I see where you're coming from with Scandiberg as well, Jim. He, he absolutely rattled home, didn't he, on New Year's Day? He, he was one of the first off the bridle. And you know, uh, was it Gavin Sheehan riding that day? He was. I'm assuming it was for the Brooks. Yeah, he earned his money. He earned his money there. He, he had to properly rattle Scandiberg home, but he came up the hill like a horse who, you know, would probably stay four miles if they were if four mile hurdles existed. I was really impressed with him. I'd give him a chance. Last year's winner, boy, Sire de Burley. We've not mentioned him. Bit of a quiet campaign, but that's that's never particularly a bad thing. Uh, coming into a attempt. And he's not been being disgraced. Watson? Um, yeah, he won this off 145 last season. Um, he's he's off 152 here. He's £7 higher. He won well last year. And he's been he's had a quiet campaign on here, like we said. Um, there were a lot of people who really, really fancied him for bigger, bigger races after winning this last season. And he's slightly disappointed. But he's not, he's not for me. He's not for me at all. Luke, do you have anything to say about Sider Burley or do you just think he'll be a bit of an also run? Uh, I don't really think he's going to have much of a chance this year. I thought last season Barry gave him a really good ride and won in this race. I thought it was a good, strong, positive ride that day. But he's been... Uh, I, I can't have him in this race, unfortunately, for me. And two of the novices who both won qualifiers last time out, Silver Sheen and Welsh Saint. Uh, give either of them a chance, Luca. 
Um, I'd give Welsh Saint a chance. I think he'd be one a horse who would be open to improvement, and obviously coming to a handicap is a, is uh, it would be a bit, bit bit more of a step up for him. But I think he'd have a, he'd have a squeak if he was to on, on a, I think he'd have a squeak. Jim. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm be of the same opinion. You have to respect Silver Sheen win at Warwick, um, and the same with Welsh Saint. You can question Welsh Saint's. Um, Farm in that attempts race was it really that that solid? <laughs> um, yeah, you've got to respect them, but neither are for me. Um, my main two are Scandiberg and one for the team. There we are, Luca. Your main selection for the attempts, mate. Uh, also, I'm going to stick with Kilbrick and Storm. Throw back the years. Kilbrick and Storm. That that'd be some do. That's a big price tip there from Luca. Twenty to one. Kilbrick and Storm to win the attempts. I'm going to side with Phoenix Way. Uh, Shock. <laughs> he's he's favourite for a reason, mate. I, 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 I do really, really like this horse. Go back if you've not watched his last two wins. At New uh, New Year's Day, was it, at Huntingdon? No, sorry, l- later on in January at Huntingdon. They'll just look at how canny the ride Barry gives him uh, to beat Kansas City Chief and then go back and watch his win as a novice at Plumpton as well. This is a horse who is better than 140. I'm sure of that. And, you know, a JP McManus handicap plot for Harry Pryde. You can see it. Although I will, I will give it a little mention because we've not touched on him. What a season Tracy's and his Corvey's had. And if that would be some story as well if he were to win that for Robert Widger. Uh, initially rated 101 back in October. Now coming here off 142. Much improved. Five wins this year. That would be class. But I don't think he'll get past Phoenix way. As we move on to the race that provided one of the top the, the top headlines of last year's meeting, it is the Ryanair. Can Frodon back it up? He's third in the market at six to one to do so, which is headed by Aplutar nine to four, three to one for Min. As we said, six is Frodon, eight riders on the storm. Uh, whoever's got under so at twelve to one, cop yourselves on, boys. Uh, <laughs> same with Shakun Pessoir and Delta Work. In fact. Free horse race, really, then at ASOS 25s, and you can name your price for the remainder. Uh, free horse race, four horse race, I can't count. Uh, Luke, we'll start with you here, mate. Uh, how do you assess this? Does Frodon do the double? I'm hoping Frodon does because I backed him last season, it was a great success. Obviously, the scenes afterwards were absolutely fantastic. I don't think this season's gone to plan as much as they had hoped. I thought his run, the old Rowan Chase, wasn't really. Um, due to the low sun I mean some of the fences didn't help him I was at Kemp 21 the Silvignaco Conti chase that was a battling success a typical Froden style success despite jumping out to his left a couple of times he battled on well to um, to win that day I mean it's a, it's a tougher race in my opinion this year you've got Aplu Tard in here he's a very good horse riders on the storm as well he looks like he might go here as well after winning uh, an Ascot a couple of weeks ago I think he's got a good chance here. I think if Bryony can get him out positively, get him jumping into a nice rhythm, he'll be hard to pass, as we've seen before. He's very tough coming up the hill, and he's a battler. I think at a big price if he does go, and if the ground is soft, I'll go with St. Calvados at 20-1. to 1. I thought his run last time at Cheltenham was really good and stepped up from two miles to two mile four. I think Gavin Sheehan rode him quite um, conservative that day. He held him up that day, as we've seen before, St. Calvados. He's got the reputation of being a front runner who goes off from the front like a train and just blows up. But that day, he was ridden more patiently and just slowly did not... And, and, Tightly denied that day, but I think at a price each way, you might have a squeak as well. But throw it on for me. Yeah, I can see that, Luca, because it's it's a sort of race that might not end up with too much strength in depth in it away from 
away from those at the top of the market. You, you can see one at a big price. I guess Lazeso has done twice, creeping into the frame. So I quite like that angle from St. Calvados. Jim, how do you analyse this? Um, you have to respect Aplutar, 94, solid favourite. Um, was pulled out at the Dublin Racing Festival because of the ground uh, when looking to face Chacon Porsois, having previously beat uh, that horse who, who come out and won since. Uh, was second behind Bally O'Sheen, went over two miles, and, and everyone thought that um, two miles was far too sharp for him, uh, even though he won over two mile one the next time. Um, we uh, we both have been of the opinion that two mile four is, is up up Lutar Street. Um, when he won the Close Brothers last season, you turned to me and said, he's a serious grade one animal, and he's turned out to be that as well. Oh, I, said, um, I said last year, he was, I said as soon as he won that, I said that's that's better than the Arkle winner. Yeah, you did say that, um, and and he has shown it. Um, his form's rock solid. I have to respect him, and this is going to be one of the first favourites I'm going to tip. <laughs> I agree with you, mate. I agree with you. Uh, Aplutar's been a horse I've been a huge fan of uh, for a while. Uh, I say I was, was all over him last season when he won at the festival, and to be fair, it, it was. This was a race I hadn't particularly made my mind up with until a couple of days ago when I went I went back and I watched the Close Brothers from last season. And God, this horse could be a proper monster over this trip. Yeah, no horse had that turn of foot up that hill on that first day, but he did. Um, that ground was nigh on bottomless and he absolutely motored up. I watched that exact race the other day and I was like, Christ, that was a really good performance. Maybe I didn't appreciate it as much at the time um, because I was too busy crying that I'd back riders on the storm who had fallen at the third. Um, so, yeah, our Plutard, really, really solid favourite. And one at a bigger price that you might all laugh at me, which I, I think Bristol Demire would be interested in over two mile four in this. I think he'd be Stop really, really interested. Stop aren't running in these races. How do you know he's not running in this race? Doesn't hasn't Nigel Twiston Davis not shut up for about three months saying Bristol Demise underrated in the Gold Cup? You never know, flip flap. <laughs> uh, Bristol Demise, I'd I, I, I want number no bet forty to one. That wouldn't put me off. Um, there's there's worse shouts for a number no bet because uh, if you don't run, there you go, you're getting money back. So uh, Bristol Demise being beaten by Santini, lost in translation. Uh, one of them is going to win the Gold Cup. Simple as that. San, you're seeing a nice thing about Santini? No, 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 not at all. No, <laughs> Santini. We all know my opinions about Santini. Um, I have no appreciation for him. Um, but look, he was beaten in the better 38 by the Cheltenham Gold Cup winner, um, and he's run well this season. And Bristol and I would have beaten him, uh, Santini, last time out if he hadn't hit the was it the second last or third last. I do think Aplutar's win. Uh, over Christmas where he beat Shaq and Bosvar is the best bit of form we've seen in this race uh, this season from any of the contenders though Luca the horse I am most scared of is Frodon because if if I mean if, if Paul Nichols could design a race for Frodon himself this would be it two and a half mile round Cheltenham this time of year uh, it, it's just it plays to his strength so well and I don't think I don't think his year has actually been as bad as some people have made out. There were exactly viable excuses to to why he didn't particularly run to form in the old row. And obviously, like you said, the, 
you know, the fences being emitted did not suit him. It turned into an absolute sprint. And he went all right enough for a fair way in the bet in the bet fair. Just just not as strong a stayer as, as Bristol the Iron Lost in translation. Last time out was was a step back in the right direction and I'd be more scared of him than I think I would be of Min or Riders on the Storm. Uh, what do you make of that pair, Luca? For me, Riders on the, Riders on the Storm, he's a horse who hasn't done much wrong since progressing quite nice up the handicap ranks, but a horse to me who I think just lacks that little bit of just class to be a top horse, in my opinion. He, didn't, he won very nicely at Ascot last time. Credit where credit's due, I was there as well. The ground probably didn't help surname that day either, so Riders on the Storm picked up the pieces, but... I couldn't see him posing too much of a threat here in this race. I just, as I said before, I just don't think he's got the the appropriate required class to win to win this race or be any sort of competitive in any, in any, any way, shape or form here. But do you think he'd have won ride uh, had traffic fluid stood up? No, I don't think he would. I think traffic traffic fluid was coming to take him at the last. Had had he jumped the last better and got some momentum going away from the last, I think he would have come second. Traffic traffic fluid would have won. So I think it was slightly fortunate that traffic traffic fluid came down at the last, but. Yeah, I can't have Riders in the Storm in this for me. I agree with your point there, Luca, as well. I, I, I just think he lacks a bit of class. Um, although he did win that grade one last time, does he? I, I want to see him do it again. And if he does it, fair dues, but he's not a risk I want to be taking in this. It was the strangest race of the season, that. Yeah, but yeah. Are, we, are we all just forgetting the fact that Min, like, Min, Min's rock solid. Um, he turns up. Every, every season, runs his race, normally bumps into Altior. Um, this season, he's had two runs. He's beat Hardline and he's finished second behind Chacon Postbar, who's up there in the betting uh, for the champion chase. So, you can't... And, and Min's performance at Aintree last season was very, very good. This is Min's time of the season. April uh, and March, he, he comes to life. And I, I, won't, I really won't roll Min out. I, I think... He's he's just solid, and if you're a scumbaggy each way fan, three to one would would be scumbaggy in my opinion. Yeah, I I I, I do I, I highly highly respect me, and I think it's I think you'd be a complete moron not to. And you know, if anyone's saying they can't see Minning uh, Minning Min winning Min winning this race, uh, well, I say. The, the blind, because the, the, the case is obviously there. I'm just, I, I just slightly prefer Aplutar as a horse on the upward curve. Uh, Luca, what, what do you think about Min, mate? I think he's running, he's running behind Chak and Paul Sol was quite a good run. He served it up to him for quite a way out at, at Leopardstown, I do believe it was. I mean, Chak and Paul Sol has been fancied by money for the champion chase and has been highly regarded as quite a good horse. So I don't think that run, it's not a bad run at all, in my opinion. I think he... As I said before, his run at Aintree last season was really, really spectacular. I thought it was a really good run there. Uh, I wouldn't discount him. I wouldn't discount him at all. I think he'll still be, he'll be in there pitching, I think. But I'm not too sure if he'd be my pick for this race. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of almost the exact same opinion as, as you, mate. And like I say, with Riders on the Storm, just not quite sure what he's actually achieved this year. He's, he's, he's got enough... What's his official rating now? High 160s or something like that. 162, sorry. So he's actually he's actually been unmoved, according to the official handicapper for winning winning the Ascot Chase last time out. Uh, God, he's he's at Ascot that graduation chase, beating on the blind side and Paloma Blue, the two biggest bottle jobs in racing. 
That that means nothing. He's a horse I I find very, very hard to assess. Uh, Do you know what? He could absolutely bolt up. He could bolt up, but wouldn't be for me. And uh, he did have quite a tough race last time out. Uh, So I'm going to stick with the favourite Aplutar, and he'd be a fairly confident selection, though I think Frodan will go down on his sword fighting in second. Luca, Frodan for you, mate. Yeah, I'm going to go Frodon here, and, and at a big price, if they go a decent pace with Aso Frodon in there as well, I'll go for St Calvados. If he's ridden um, quite patiently, I think he could pick up the pieces and get a place at a big price. And Jimbo? Yeah, you have to respect Frodon. Um, going for the last horse to win back to back Ryanair since Alberta's run, um, but I, th- I think Aplutar will be very difficult to beat. Boys, and the next one is the 330, is the Stayers Hurdle. And I mean, we're going to have to discuss the race that we could probably sum up in three words. Uh, Paisley Park wins. <laughs> yeah, um, that that is the obvious for this race. Paisley Park is the best hurdler of this current era. Um, he's he's absolutely dominating races. He's won two this season. Uh, his first one came at Newbury in the long distance hurdle, grade two. He beat Thistle Crap by a length. That was very, very good performance first time out. That was a tough race. Um, and, and then he went to the Cleave after skipping uh, the race before Christmas due to the ground. I, I don't see an issue with soft ground for him, if I'm being you know, heavy ground, if I'm being honest. Um, he won the Cleave last time at uh, Cheltenham. Very, very comfortably. He's such a behind the bridle arse. He's the typical uh, stays hurdle types. Your big bucks, your barracudas. Your, he, I'm, I'm putting him in, in, them, in that sort of bracket now. Um, he just wins. And 8 to 11 still value if you're a short pricer. But I'll, I'll probably just sit and watch and, and, and hope Paisley Park absolutely holds his up. Luca, I guess... Is, is this the banker of the meeting, do you think? Yeah, I'd say so. I think he's running the Cleve Hurdle last time, just summed it up when he, Aidan, Cole, Aidan Coleman sorry, said that he uh, he took the mickey with him coming come up the hill. I won't repeat what ex- exactly he said, but um, <laughs> he took the mickey come up the hill with him that day. Despite hitting a flat spot, he jumped the last relatively okay. and was it, the, the wind looked much more snug than it was, in my opinion, I think, there. He reminds me very much of an Ingalls Driver type of horse, a horse who can hit a flat spot on a race, and you can be alarmed if you're backing him sometimes, but then he has that class to come through, coming into the home straight, and, and has, a very, has a very good finishing kick. I can't, I, I, as much as I want to try and take him on here, I couldn't do it with anything looking down the field. I just think everything else is just, unfortunately, nowhere near the class of Paisley Park, and he should win this again, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think if he was ever going to get beat, the the way that how Johnny Burke rode Somerville Boy last time out yes. was a way to do it. Yeah. You know, uh, Johnny tried to use Somerville Boy's superior pace at, you know, he's a supreme winner, to try and kick clear whilst Paisley Park was hitting his flat spot and, and try and, well, take the lengths out of him before Paisley Park was able to hit top gear up the hill. It was as, it was as good a losing ride as I think you'll ever see. It didn't work, though. Didn't work. Paisley Park is just too good. So, without him, the next best down at the market, Benny DeJo, we're assuming he's going to run in the mares. Somerville Boys 10s, Emmy Tom 12s, 14s, Penn Hill City Island. Champ's not coming here. 25s are Bacardi's Apples Jade. 33s bar then. If you wanted to try and back a horse each way, who would you look for, Jim? 
Uh, I'd be Emmy Tom. I was very, very impressed with his win last time out at Haydock in the Rendlesham. He beat Donna's, Donna's Diamond by eight lengths. The world then disappointed that day. But I was really, really impressed. Gavin Sheen went the brave man's route up the inside. Uh, Haydock went sitting last. And he absolutely came out of his hands for him. Um, you, you have to question his... his uh, his Cheltenham run at the start of the season in the Rail Keel. He obviously wasn't wasn't fit. Um, the only time he's been to Cheltenham was that time last time, which you have to have a question mark about whether it, it was just the fact that he needed a run and he was running over two more four, which was clearly inadequate for him now. Um, but I, I think Emmy Tom, he's a six-year-old. He's only lightly raced. He's had six hurdles runs and four, four of them have, have been wins. And I think that he, I, I think as much as Somerville boy is consistent and Penhill, previous winner in this race, I think that Emmy Tom might be who's the one coming in behind Paisley Park and, and that would be probably the forecast if I was to play something in this. Luca, do you, would you uh, have an each way alternative? I'm, I'm, I'd be keen, I'd, I'd go with Somerville boy. I backed him the last two times in the rail kill and in the Cleve hurdle. I think prior to his hurdles attempts in the second half of this season, he was trying over fences, but his jumping's not up to scratch. And I think he fell on the King Edward at Sandown in December, I think, that day. And then ever since then, the chasing career was swiftly aborted. Assumed Supreme winner a couple of seasons ago. In his last two runs, I've been relatively impressed with his jumping. His hurdles jumping hasn't been too great in the past. It's been known to, He's been known to take a, a hurdle with him home every time he's ran. And, and in that Supreme um, race as well, a couple of seasons ago, he didn't jump the last two well despite finding plenty up going, up going up the hill. I felt his run in the, in the rail kill on New Year's Day was a very good run. Turning into the straight, he had a whole host of forces queuing up behind him, likes of Roxana and William Henry, and he battled quite nicely going to the line there. I thought Johnny Burke gave him a very nice ride as well in the in the Cleve Hurdle, trying to take the sting out of um, Paisley Park, as we discussed. If he didn't hit the last, I felt he'd, he'd have been a little bit closer, but he would never have won. But I think that jump at the last didn't help his chances. But if he's ridden a bit more um, aggressively again, I could see him definitely serving up to Paisley Park at least. My each way selection would be a 66 to one shot here in this. It's not often you get that from me, although I say I, I made me 50 to one case for national lunch chase and he's not buddy running. Uh, <laughs> but to be fair, I think he's overpriced at 66 to one. Uh, this is a horse who loves Cheltenham. His game is, he's a little bit like a less good Paisley Park. Uh, <laughs> In, in, in that, in that he, 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 he shoves along, but Jesus, he tries. Uh, he, he has less than seven lengths to make up on Paisley Park. He was fourth in the Cleve. Look, he's not going to get that close again. You know, th- that that could have been 60, really. So superior is Paisley Park. He's never an horse who's going to win by a street. But the the quicker they go, and if and if Johnny Burke tries to utilise some of the boys' uh, pace... The quicker they go, the further, the more I think it plays into two be fair's chances of, of staying up the hill and picking up some of the pieces at at, uh, at a huge price. He won. He was second in the attempts by a neck last season, then won twice at Cheltenham, up to an he's got an official rating of 153 now, which isn't too far off. You know, a lot of these. It's is is he that much of a worse horse than say, you know. See, uh, Penhill nowadays, Bacardi's. I, I do think he's overpriced. I think he, his game, he tries. The race will be run to suit him, so which will give him the best opportunity to run to his optimum. And 
he's got good Cheltenham Festival form. Uh, I quite like him at 66 to maybe run into the first three. Interesting. I, 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 can't, I can't slag you off for tipping the horse at that, that bigger price. And yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't. If there'll be, there could be some enhanced places on the day, four, four places. You might even get five somewhere. Bet three, six, five do uh, enhanced places. I'd, I'd be interested in uh, doing, playing him at fifties around there. Yeah. Look, I'd, 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 I'd tell you what, mate. I'd rather back him. I'd rather back him at double the price of Lamy Serge. When yeah. we know, when we know to be fair, he's gonna run his race, and he's actually only rated a pound lower than him nowadays. So strong as his recent form been. You know, pit, in fact, Lamy Serge, what ran in the cleave, didn't he? He was he was well behind. Uh, yeah, yeah. So right. yeah, I'd 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 have to be fair as my huge price each way squeak, but it's a pretty simple job, really, shouldn't it? Be Paisley Park wins this, boys. Yeah, he does. Um, he's he's going to be the main banker of the festival, and and hopefully he gets his head in front. And it's it's an incredible story with him and his owner. And before we move on, Luca, could I ask you, because we asked this to Paul Callahan uh, yesterday, if Benny DeJur was in this, who would you be siding with? Uh, I'd stick with Paisley Park. Man of sense. Man of sense. I'm a a big fan of Paisley Park. I just think he does, uh, I wouldn't say he does everything right in races, but I think he just finds that bit extra going up the hill and he always finds a way to win. And I I think he'd beat Benny DeJur, I think, over this trip at Cheltenham, I think he'd win. Brilliant. Ten years since Big Bucks gained his second world hurdle. Looks like we'll be seeing the same thing again a decade later as we'll move on to the 410. It is the Brown Advisory, Maribel Stable Plate. I'll just call it the Mile Mayor Fleet. Uh, and, <laughs> and the back best prices here, eight to one favourite, simply the bets. Twelve for Ben Dundee and Sapage, 16's Old Grangewood Spirit of the Games. Two for gold, who Jim and Paul Callahan both like for the National Lunch Chase. Two quite different races there. 16 also Imperial Aura, Fav for the uh, Close Brothers. Chosen Mate and Galvin are also in that. Then it's 20s bar. Uh, Luke, I'll come to you first, mate. This is a hard puzzle to solve this far in advance. Do you have anything strong? It's a, a bit of a minefield, in my opinion. I think you can make a case of so many horses in this race. I mean, simply the bet's his favourite. And I think he's a, a deserved favourite. He won nicely at Cheltenham last time out, given a very good front-running ride by Gavin Sheehan that day. I mean, his ears were pricks got all the way around. He was absolutely enjoying it that day, and it didn't surprise me to see him win. I think if I was to go for one, I'd be keen on Sapage, a horse I've backed many a time before. I mean, I backed him on New Year's Day when he disappointed. I left him alone last time at Cheltenham, which was quite frustrating, and he won. <laughs> typically, which I wasn't too happy about. But anyway, I think he's got to have a good chance here. I think there'll be no shortage of pace in this race. He likes to go from the front. I mean, the bag of I'd like to make a case for her as well. A horse who didn't run too bad, in my opinion, at Leopardstown last time out. I mean, I think dropping into a handicap for the first time, I think it is, should have a very good chance at, uh, I think she's, what, 12 or 14 to 1? I think she'd run a, a decent race, in my opinion, as well. So I'd go Sapage and maybe the bag of at a slightly bigger price. I think Labagawari could be ridiculously well handicapped off one four nine, but uh, Jim touched on her in the Ultima yesterday. Does it does it worry you slightly that uh, backing a horse who purposely avoided the festival last season because connections didn't think it'd suit? Um, it wouldn't put me off too much because she's a classy mare on her day, and I suppose at this stage of her career now, considering how this season's gone, I think it makes sense to give it a go. They might be pleasantly surprised. I think she'll, this race will suit her, definitely, I think. And 
I, I think she'd have a good chance at, at the price she is. I'd definitely say she would. I I agree with you there, mate. I I, I do think if if there is one who could be ridiculously well handicapped, it might be her. Uh, Jim, how do you analyse this, pal? Um, I'm going to be very very boring here and tip simply the bets. Um, all the stats. But all, all the stick you give me. <laughs> Every time, every week, any time I put a favourite up, boy, it's boring. Only picks favourites. Well, uh, how many of us in this? Hundred odd. Well, I've I've had a right, right good study of this, and until the final declarations will be in, I I probably won't have uh, a a strong opinion. But simply the Betsy's form at that Kempton race, very good. Uh, Finished behind Comanche Red and beaten Imperial Aura. I, I, I just think Simply the Bets is a really solid price. Although all the stats are completely against uh, Simply the Bets. Ten of the last 12 winners have been weighted 11 stone or below. Uh, he's carrying 11-3. Two of the last 12 winners have won. Um, he's fa- uh, two of the last favourites uh, out of 12 have won. So that's that's another one. And ten of the last 12 runners have had at least five chase starts and, and he doesn't fit into that category either. Um, going, down, going down in prices... Um, there's there's a lot of runners in this. Um, a horse that I've continued to back off the cliff as much as Kilbrick and Storm is probably what's wrong with you. Um, Nicky Henderson's, he's number 60 in this. He's also entered in the Grand Annual, which which won't put me off. But I'm of the opinion uh, that two mile four is probably more up his street than two mile. Um, he took yeah, a... Right in the Grand Annual last year, didn't he? Yeah, he, he, he took a... He was pulled up after making a serious error at Newbury in November and then was fifth and quite disappointing at Chepstow on, I think it was Welsh National Day. You're making um, a good case here, Paul. But, but his form, his form uh, in, in his novice career was very, very good, I thought. Uh, he was a horse that I thought would do a lot better than what he is. And he's been generously given 139 in this. Uh, he's number 60 on the list but I'm, I can see quite a few not running this and going elsewhere um, but he'd be one at a price that I'd fancy What What's his mark again Jim? I'll just I'll just check us to find out what got you in last year 139, I don't think it will though. 139 It probably would actually Jim you were getting in, you were getting in off 135 last season Yeah so it might yeah. it might be comfortable it might be comfortable enough. I think uh, I, th- I think he he's each way value at twenty fives. I'm gonna put up a horse who I think has been eye catching a couple of times this season. Maybe some might say frustrating. Maybe trap. Maybe he's a bit of a traveller rather than a horse who actually grasps. But I like Robin DeFore at twenty to one here for Willie Mullins. Uh, Third over C&D behind what I've only beaten a length in the Caspian Caviar Gold Cup. And then he ran well enough in the Paddy Power as well over Christmas. Although I don't quite think he's a proper free miler. Uh, it reminds me of a horse similar to like, you know how I call Go Conquer a horse who wants three miles as his max? Yeah. Rather than his optimum. I kind of see Robin DeFore as a similar thing and I do prefer him over shorter. And if you go back and watch... Uh, He's running the Leopardstown handicap chase last time out. He is almost taken out by the fall of Cabaret or the fall of Cabaret Queen on the last fight down the back straight. Uh, absolutely hampered. Gets back on the, the back, gets back on the bridle. And of those who are still in contention and not dropping out the back of the telly, 
He's last of that group, really, at the at the end of the back straight. Still going well. Makes a really big move round in the home turn. Uh, makes his way into the frame. And I guess uh, making that move after after having to regain his momentum after being hampered by a faller uh, just kind of took a little bit of him. Didn't quite see the race out. Still only finished fifth and he was only, you know, it was a head bob for fifth, you know, a couple of yards earlier he'd have finished third. That form looks, well, the, the only one we've seen since is any second hour since gone and won. Uh, I think that was quite a strong race at the Acorns, the horse who I think has been spoke about uh, for a couple of festival handicaps. He was a place behind Robin De, Robin De Foray here. Uh, he's got a mark of 150 over in England, only being put up a pound by the British handicapper uh, as opposed to his Irish rating. And I don't, I don't think that's unfair. I think it was a really, really eye-catching run last time out. You can mark it up uh, by a couple of pounds. Ran, when, ran well at Cheltenham earlier in the season. Uh, and hopefully, the penny's going to finally drop. Yeah, good point. Um, you, you couldn't rule anything out if, if you made a case in this at this point in time, really, could you? Uh, shall we rule some things out? Go on. Eamon and Koenig. I'm I'm done. Is that your your love affair with that over then, yeah? Oh mate, I'm I'm like a crackhead for him, aren't I? <laughs> what a comparison that is. Well, I, I, no, I, I need to seek help, but no, I'm 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 finally for the first year in a long time not going to be touching Eamon and Koenig at the festival. Uh, away from those further down the markets, I mean, I can see exactly why Luca likes Apache. He's such a proper likable tough. Venetia Williams type. Uh, ben Dundee, we've not spoke about. He's battling for favouritism in some places. Uh, what do you make of him, Luca? Um, he's not one I've really looked at, to be honest. I mean, if we're talking about horses at a bigger price, if he does run, I, I would be interested at looking at good boy Bobby. I think coming into a handicap, I mean, his last run wasn't too great, in my opinion, but in the, he obviously ran in behind itchy feet uh, in the City Isles that day. I think he'd be one to, worth noting in a handicap. He likes to go off the front end. He's got some strong enough novice chase form behind some useful horses so i think he's best priced around 14 to 1 mark so i think he'd be one to know if he does go into this race into a handicap at a big price in my opinion good shout that we do like a horse throwing themselves into a handicap at the first time uh jim what, what would you say about some any more of the familiar faces old grangewood spirited against or even last year's winner sarah delac yeah sarah delac's Five pounds above last winning mark in this race. You, you, you ran very well last year. You couldn't rule it out. But going back to Ben Dundee, it's been interesting that the way they've campaigned uh, him because he went for a handicap hurdle at Christmas, and as if they were just trying to keep his handicap mark on the down low. He was second in the handicap chase at Navan, where he uh, finished second off a rating of one three eight. Ben Dundee. Has been given a mark of one four seven in this. Um, the handicappers worried about him. Um, he's third behind Aplutar last season was very good, and he was fourth behind Double O Seven uh, later on in the season. So he, I think the handicappers outruled him in this. If he was off a lower weight, I'd be, he'd be more of interest for me. That's very fair, boy. So we'll just run through once again our final selections for the race, Luca. I'm going to stick with Sapage because if I don't back him and he wins, I'll probably tooth at my TV in frustration. So I'm going to stick with him. <laughs> and maybe I'll go for the bag of war as well. Jimbo. 
I think it'll be boring, so simply the bets. And it's going to be Robin DeFore for me as we move on to the 450, the dawn run. Mez Novice Hurdle. First of all, boys, should this race exist at the Cheltenham Festival? Jim? No. Luca? No, it's a race that I've not looked at and really one that really interests me at all, so no. <laughs> I agree. It should, if they're going to replace the Mayor's Chase with a race, it should be this, but they're never going to. Uh, it adds no value to the meeting. Although, I do think there is an overpriced horse in this, and I think that is the favourite, Manila Melody, who I think should be shorter than the 11-4. to 6-1 to one for Lamarquis, 8s for Loressa, 9s Dolce, to 10s Cole Reeve, and then 12s for Concertista. Uh Jim, have you had have you had much of a delve into this? Yeah, I've I've looked at the form in this. Willie Mullins' record, he's won this the past four years. He's been uh, going. Uh, you'd have to respect Lamarckais. Uh, it's it's only had one run. It, it was bought from France. Beat Miss Pernickety uh, very easily and did it very workmanlike. I thought um, you don't know. She could be an absolute superstar, uh, but. Who knows? And and that would be my only other really point. I really like Floressa. Uh, she's been ultra consistent this season. And I just thought last time out behind Lady Buttons that Scott a bit bumped around a bit in the run. Um, Lady Buttons and Irish Row were pinging off each other. And I just think she got hampered a bit a couple of times and she couldn't get going. Uh, but previously to that, she's beat Jeremy's Flames. She was second to Silver forever. Uh, I, I, was, I, I really, really like Floressa, and it's, I'll probably play Floressa each way in this race, if I'm being honest, even though Willie Mullins' record is so good. Yeah, he won every single renewal of this race, Willie Mullins. I don't think that'll happen this year, and like like you said, Jim, I'd probably have Floressa as second best for me, uh, but I, I am a huge fan of Manila Melody. Uh, been very, very good this season, three, well, won all three of our last starts. Battled really well last time out as well to beat Cole Reavy and Dolce to uh, the two uh, Willie Mullins mares, who I would both prefer to Lamarquise. I know she's the sexy one with only one run under a belt. Uh, but Cole Reavy and Dolce, their form is both there. And Cole Reavy probably would have actually have been closer to Manila Melody had she not jumped the last as badly as she did. But I just like this horse's attitude. And I, f- I think she brings the best horse into it. She looked like she was uh, staying on further. Uh, when she won the Sol Arena last time out. So the hill shouldn't prove any issue to her. And look, the fact that it's not a Willie Mullins horse is probably why she's as big a price as she is. I know it's 11 to 4, but uh, you, you put W Mullins next to the name instead of H to Bromhead, and she's probably a point or two shorter based on her form this year. Uh, good bumper horse, third behind Gypsy Island in the in the Mayor's bumper at Punchestown, and she was second in the Mayor's bumper at Aintree. Uh, so it all stacks up. Uh, she's, I won't going to say quite say being there done it, but she's been to big festivals before and ran well. And I think the market is completely correct here. Manella Melody wins this, and I'd probably be most scared of Floressa. Yeah, good, good point. Uh, anything at all from you, Luca, or just is just this a race that you will be going to Chippy while it's on? Yeah, probably that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll finally move on then to the folk wallowing amateur riders handicap chase might be the last year this exists it's favourite to be replaced by the stupid mare's chase uh, put it put it on Tolworth Day 
put it on Tolworth Day or on Challow Hurdle Day or somewhere like that. Put a good mare's chase there where it can be the key race of the weekend. Like what the like the one with Lady Buttons and Labago are. Yeah. Put that up to grade two status and have it as its own centrepiece rather than lost in the fog of the Cheltenham Festival where it'll be a race that's going to detract from it and no one's going to care. Uh, sorry, a bit of a tangent there, boys. As we move back to the Kim Muir, Ravenhill is a 10 to 1 uh, co favourite of four, though. Rumours today he might be going for the National Hunt Chase instead. Also, with no comment, oh, not every year there seems to be a JP horse who never wins. That's favourite for this. Uh, also, LeBroy and at the Acorn at 10s, 12s, plan of attack, Disha Abba. 14s, kill Philham Cross, Fitzhenry and Milan native. 20 to 1. Bar them. I quite like this race more than the Ultima. I think there's going to be more horses in this who have higher ratings this time next year than there is in the Ultima. Uh, but Jim, I'll start with you this time, mate. Have you spotted anything? Yeah, I think Dee's Abba. Um, I, I fancied him for the Ultima that he's also entered on, on the Tuesday. I, I just feel like this race will be more to his standard. Um, I, I feel his win against Cla- uh, beating Cloudy Glen at Sandown in February was a very, very good performance and uh, and having previously got a nice win under his belt uh, because he's not exactly a seasoned chaser. Um, he's only had four chase starts and he's won two of them. He, he won a two-horse race at Catrick. Clever bit of pay- placing by Philip Hobbs and then he's gone and uh, won impressively, I think, at, at Sandown. Uh, off a of mark of 135 that day, he's up to 152. At uh, 142, sorry. And I just feel like this race will suit him more than the Ultima. Um, it is, there is a question mark with him only having four chase starts in this big hustle and bustle style of race. Um, will he enjoy it? That, that, that's the only other question mark. Um, his form previous at Ascot, he was fourth behind Pim. That's solid. Um, and I think he's just on a nice mark. I still think there's a bit more to come from him. Uh, only likely race with seven runs under rules, and he's a typical Trevor Hemming staying type who you could see running in nationals in years to come. Yeah, I like that, Jim. I'm a big fan of D. Sharaba myself. Uh, Luca, what are your thoughts on the Kimio? I mean, a big price. I'm quite keen on the Neil Holland train doing fine. I thought he was very impressive when he won that controversial London National at Sandown, which obviously uh, spoke for up a big talking point for many people since that race but he followed up with a nice win what a nice win sorry over three mile two at Cheltenham on New Year's Day and he done that very nicely in my opinion I think Philip Donovan I hope will keep the ride because I think he gets a very good tune out this 12 year old and I can I can think of worse 20 to 1 shots in him I think he could be one who could pick up the pieces uh, at an each way price and I think he'd have a good shout I quite like that a horse who was able to beat Cogri round Cheltenham yeah uh, he's pro- probably quite well suited to the track uh, the racing post have tipped and this is no joke, the two they've put up are no comment and single fan payment, which begs me the question, do the racing post watch horse racing? Uh, <laughs> that, that's a, that, two, two of the biggest rogues in racing. Uh, yeah, I I quite like, I'm with you, Jim Ondisha, but he'd be one of my two on the shortlist. Uh, I've, I spoke about the conditional in regards to the Ultima. He's likely to get in here. Though I think if he if the Ultima is an option for them, that's probably what they'll take. But I'd be keen on him for either race. I agree what you've said about Dee Shirabba. He looked like a proper staying chasing type when he was a novice hurdler. 
and I don't think he was too bad a novice. I think he, he ran really well around Chepstow right at the start of last season. That uh, it kind of caught my eye then. Uh, uh, when they beat Queen of Hearts, who's, who's not a poor mare, uh, and he's, he's, he's on an upward curve, sort of horse that a Trevor Hemmings, well, I say, like you said, the sort of horse Trevor Hemmings does really well. I'm just pretty much repeating what you've said, mate. Uh, plan of attack. That's That was going to be my next point. Plan of attack is, is probably where I'm looking next. Um, would would be the other one. Uh, he's been ridden twice by, uh, he's been ridden a couple of times by Barry O'Neill as well. So I assume that would be who who takes the ride here, which again is a positive, a good amateur. Uh, liked what he did here at Aint, uh, over on these shores at Aintree back at the start of the season where he's beat the hollow ginger who's proven himself to be a fairly useful staying chaser himself. Uh, and then ran third in the paddy power. You know, he's already mixed it in a big handicap against more seasoned chasers. I know that's not normally the type that wins the Kim Muir, but then he might have a little bit more up his sleeve than his mark of uh, 140 suggests for Henry de Bromhead. Uh, I'd quite like him to go well, Jim. Yeah, I, I agree. I like the way he's been campaigning. He was given quite a, a furious summer campaign, if I'm being honest. He, he had a lot of runs it two over hurdles and, and uh, three over fences and then was put away after July for October and come out and won at Aintree very, very well. Uh, I, I, rated, I put him up a bit more than his performance. I just thought he... Um, and then he went to Leopardstown and ran well in a competitive sort of race. As you've said, Barry O'Neill's rode him before. This has obviously been the target for him. This has been the plan of the attack, as you could say. And I think that I think he could be competitive in this, and, and that him and the Philip Hobstrom, these are, are my two going into this race. There, there are a couple slightly further down the uh, down the betting who I I think should be shorter in the betting as well, or could could run better than their odds suggest. One of them would be Cloth Cap, placed in the Scottish National last season, shouldn't have really have got beat. Last time out at Doncaster, got turned over as an odds-on shot by my old gold, who's been running really well this season, to be fair. Uh, prior to that, his form's been solid enough uh, this season. think he could still have a little bit more to find from a mark of 137. Uh, proper stayer as well, as this sort of race would suit if they decided to run him here. And also, uh, speaking of Cheltenham Festival form, Big River was placed in the Ultima last season, uh, and he was crap after that. But he came back to form last time out, uh, one for Lucinda Russell, uh, up at Kelso. He's also in the Ultima. I think this is a little bit of an easier race, so I'd probably prefer to see him to see him here. Uh, but he has ran well at a Cheltenham Festival before. I'd bear him in mind at 33s if he turned up in the same form. Uh, that might not be a particular guarantee, though. Uh, Shall we run through our best selections then for the Kim Muir, Jim? So, my nap... Uh, oh, oh, sorry. For, the, for this race, the yeah. Yabba. Sorry, I was zoned out for a second. Luca, mate? I think we're doing fine at a big, uh, at a big price. Is, it, is there anything else you're interested in, pal? Um, I did look at Kilfilm Cross. I mean, he's been in the wilderness recently this season, but he did put a good run in at Kempton last time, which was... It wasn't the best of races because him and the winner were first and second all the way around and nothing else really got into it. I mean, 
He'd be one who I think could be trained for the race if he were by Henry Oliver. He's quite a shrewd trainer, so I'd be tempted to look at him at, again at a bigger price as well. Yeah, if, if the money comes for a Henry Oliver horse, uh, it's always something worth taking note of. I'm gonna I'm gonna join Jim and and side with Disha Abba. A plan of attack would probably be the horse I would also have down on the shortlist. Uh, Luca, is there anything you're particularly keen on on any of the other days? I think in the Ultima, I would be keen on Kildasar. I think he's been gambled in recently. I think, uh, what was it, Kempton the other week when he finished fifth in the uh, Bet Bright chase, I think it was. He didn't jump great at all, but stuck on very high catch only for fifth. I think he's got a good chance. And in the Arco, at a big price, I'll go over Spree de Large, who I was really impressed with in the King Edward at Sandown when he beat Noob Negra and Torpillo. I thought he stayed on quite nicely that day. And I, that looks quite a wide open race, does the Arco, and I think he could go close at a big price. Brilliant. Well, it's, it's, before we go, it's just time for our rating the races, nap, next best and reserve of Thursday. Uh, Jim, I'll come to you first, mate. So my nap of the Thursday will be Apluta. I think he's solid enough. Um, he's about nine to four to, to win the uh, Ryanair. My next best is going to be Scandi in the Potemps at tens. Uh, I've made my case for him as well. Um, my reserve will be Deza Abbott in the Kim Muir. Luca, I think my nap would be Itchy Feet in the uh, in the marsh. I think he's got a good chance there. My next best would be Frode on to repeat last year's winning the Ryanair and win that again. And um, one to one at a bigger price would be probably doing fine in the Kim Muir as well. And I'm going to go for I'm going to join Jim as napping Aplutato in the Ryanair uh, at the prices. I mean we can't say Paisley Park even I'm not that that much of a knobhead. Uh, <laughs> The next best would be Manella Melody to win the dawn run, and my reserve would be at 20 to 1, uh, Robin DeFore to go well in the plate. Uh, thanks a lot to Luca for joining us, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks, guys, for having me. It's been really enjoyable. Thank you very much. Uh, it's at Talks Luca on Twitter, isn't it, if, if anyone yep. wants to follow. And Luca posts his, his, his roundups and uh, interviews with jockeys and trainers when he's at the races. It's absolutely quality content. Uh, so go and give him a follow if you're not doing so already. Uh, me and Jim will have an episode recording tomorrow with Liam from Rating the Races, our, our partner. That should be really fun speaking to him. I know Liam's been doing a lot of homework and I, I think he's teased a couple of 33 to 1 shots he might put up. So that should be really good fun, Jim. Yeah, looking forward to it. And, and we've got other days to record as well, uh, day two. Yeah, well, uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in, uh, and we'll see you all again very soon. Thanks a lot. See you later.